Welcome to Daily Daf Differently, a Jcast Network podcast. This daily podcast invites you to join us to study the Daily Talmud page with a variety of liberal rabbis and teachers. For more information about Daily Daf Differently, please visit jcastnetwork.org slash ddd. For more information about the other Jcast Network podcasts and blogs, please visit jcastnetwork.org. Hello and welcome to Daily Daf Differently. Jeremy Kamalowski with you. Learning today, Tractate Yoma, page 55. There's no way around it. The ancient temple rite was a bloody place. Blood was seen to have power. It was seen to represent life and uh, the, cl- the spiritual cleansing of the Holy of Holies and the, and the Heichal, the temple in general, or the tabernacle in general, was affected by sprinkling the blood of the uh, bull and the goat that were, that were chatat offerings. Uh, there were purification offerings back back then, as related in, in Leviticus 16. It's not that easy for modern people to read these things. The the image of uh, of collecting all the blood of these animals and sprinkling some of it in front of the ark it doesn't really sound that spiritually edifying. But we do understand that in the Torah's times and the sages and studying the Torah imbue it with uh, great power. So. Back a few pages ago in the Mishnah in chapter in page fifty three, the Mishnah related that the Kohen would gather up the blood of the bull first, take take some of it in and with a motion like a whip, Kimatslif, would sprinkle one up and seven down above and below the the ark cover, and do the same with the blood of the uh, of the goat. On our page today, we're going to explain those actions with a little bit greater specificity than the Mishnah did. First of all, the very last line on page 54, yesterday's page, it said that he should do these things kematzlif. Uh, he should like a matzlif. Rashi himself says, I don't know the etymology of this word, but on our page, it states that it's uh, like swinging a whip. Uh, Rav Yehuda is shown actually as uh, acting it out. As if you were, God forbid, uh, whipping somebody. That's how to do it. And our page will also go on to say that although the Torah says you should uh, you should sprinkle the blood uh, upon and before the ark cover, that means metaphorically. It just means up and down on the ceiling above and on the floor on the floor below. The Mishnah back there on fifty three and and again amplified on our page today relates that there's a unique method of counting. The Kohen was supposed to say, uh, for the one sprinkle upward and the seven sprinkles down, was supposed to count one, one and one, one and two, one and three, etc. And uh, if you've been in traditional synagogues, Orthodox synagogues, you know that that's still a big part of the pageantry of the recitation of the Kohen Gadol's work. They would count Achat, Achad v'achat, one and one, one and one, achat v'shtayim, one and two, achat v'shalosh, one and three. Conservative synagogues tend not to uh, relate the whole avodah service, the whole uh, ritual service with the same specificity, but that's uh, still done in, in uh, most of the world's synagogues, certainly. And our page today wants to know what's with this strange method of counting, uh, reciting the word one, meaning the one upward, uh, sprinkle with each independently with each of the other seven sprinkles. So near the bottom of the olive page, Nunhe, 
says Tanu Rabbanan, our sages taught Achat, Achat Viachat, Achat Ushtayim, Achat Vishalosh, Achat Viarba, one and one and one, one and two, one and three, one and four, etc. Divrei Rabbi Meir, that's Rabbi Meir's method of counting. Rabbi Hudomer, Achat, Achat Viachat, Shtayim Viachat, Shalosh Viachat, Arba Viachat. He, he would relate not one and then the number for each of the downward countings. He would write, relate the downward countings and add the word one as the, as the, for the upward counting as the suffix as opposed to the prefix. What's the difference? Well, maybe not a huge, maybe not a huge import of the difference. Rashi says, uh, the Talmud says that each of those were local counting customs that in Rabbi Huda's position they would say, you know, if they want to say the number 27, they would say 7 and 20. And in, in, Mayor, in Rabbi Meir's position, they would say, location, they would say 20 and 7. All right, just local counting variations. But this, you can imagine, actually has been uh, a, a source for homiletical, homiletical uh, power. Many people over the centuries have, have imbued these, you know, imbued these counting styles with, with some, some spiritual significance. I want to share with you one from uh, Rabbi Shimshon Rafael Hirsch. Uh, 19th century German rabbi who was kind of the associated with the early periods of modern orthodoxy, somebody who would both be uh, have a positive valuation to the modern world as well as a, a strong traditionalist. And uh, Shimshon Raphael Hirsch said that if you count one, one and two, one and three, one and four, one and five, one and six, one and seven, whatever you say about the world down here below, so to speak, this world that we in that we are in. You remind yourself that there's always an achat above. There's always one above, big capital one. So, uh, so he has a sense that we live our lives down here in a complicated world, but we should want to remind ourselves that there's always a transcendent one that imbues all of the, so to speak, seven actions that we do in our world. Continuing on at the very bottom of the page, uh, the Mishnah related the next thing that the Kohen Gadol did after he sprinkled the blood of the bull, he would take out the remaining blood and place it on a stand, a golden stand. Then he would take the the goat's blood, do the same thing, and place it on its own second golden stand. Well, we have a dispute. Rabbi Yehuda is recorded in the Mishnah as saying, and we will now explain his word, that there weren't two different stands. There was only one different stand. And we correlate his view of why there would not be uh, why there would not be two different stands to another larger debate that appears throughout rabbinic literature, which we saw. Those of you who are following along saw in Tractate Shkalim before. Our sugya now is going to closely track the one we saw in Tractate Shkalim about whether or not there is something called uh, retroactive causality or brera. But I am going to save that information for the next page for page 56, which I will look forward to learning with you again tomorrow. I hope you've enjoyed today's episode of Daily Daf Differently, and that you'll join us again tomorrow for a new page. The music at the open and close of this episode is Ufros from the Epic Horus album One Bead, available on Bandcamp, iTunes, and Spotify.